So today is, is going to be uh, celebratory, but I, I would be um, remiss and irresponsible if I didn't begin by just acknowledging a couple things that happened in the world this week, in our country this week, um, with the, the killing of Jordan Neely on, on the subway and with the mass shooting in Texas yesterday. Um, and the thing that has become really clear, I think, is that as a species, as, as humans, our, if we have an original sin, it is not eating fruit while naked. If we have an original sin, it is our addiction to violence. Um, and America has an especially acute addiction to violence. And I know they're going to say, well, guns don't kill people, people kill people. But I just wonder why we keep giving people guns if they're going to kill people with them. Um, we need change. Uh, it's the guns. It's the politicians who won't do anything about the guns. It's the people who keep voting for the politicians who won't do anything about the guns. It's America. It's us as a country, and it has to change. We have to change. This, yeah, that means time is up. And, uh, and it's, time, it's time to change. Are you with me? Uh, these folks in power are counting on your fatigue. Counting on it. Banking on the fact that we'll, we'll just forget about what's happening. Uh, the fact that we can't go anywhere, a movie, a school, church, without looking over our shoulders a bit. Um, there's this great line in Galatians where Paul writes to this church and says, do not give up doing good. Uh, do not grow weary in your do-gooding. Because in due season, we will reap a harvest if we don't quit. Um, change is never easy. It does not happen overnight. But stubborn people who have righteousness on their side, can change the world. Um, so that's, yeah. Uh, so welcome home, we did that. And um, today's not gonna be a typical sermon. So if you were looking for a sermon with like Bible and stuff like that, come back next week. We're starting a, ser a series on Pentecost. Next week, we're gonna get, yes. <clears throat> I just about got Pentecostal in that last song, I'm gonna be honest. That's hard, I grew up Southern Baptist, we don't do that. It was a frozen chosen, but you almost had me. Oh, that was good stuff. And I love, I, I'm like, I love you all being right here. It's like the splash zone at SeaWorld. If, uh, if I start spitting, wear a visor next time. <laughs> just, just cover up, duck and cover. Um, so it's not a typical summer. We're going to start a series next week on Pentecost. Today, what I want to do is I want to I talk about how we ended up here and the journey that brought us here from the beginning of Grace Point. And then I wanna say some thank yous, and then I wanna just talk about what my hopes are for what happens in this space. So that's, that's what we're gonna to do today. And let, let's begin just, so uh, by the way, just because there's a certain thing happening in town, this is our 2020 Lindell era, um, <laughs> if you were looking. So yeah, yeah, it looks good on us, I like it. Um, think, about, think about how we got here. Grace Point began uh, 20 years ago. I think the 20 years ago for the first public gathering is in September, which we'll celebrate. But 20 years ago, our founding pastor, Stan Mitchell, began what became Grace Point Church in his house. Um, pretty soon, they moved to an elementary school cafeteria, and then they grew and went into the gym. And then next came the campus on Country Road in Franklin, Brentwood. How many of you were at the campus? Wow, so that's impressive. Good to see you all. Yeah, and that campus was um, beautiful and crucial because some really important things happened at that campus. One of the most important things that happened at that campus was Grace Point in January of 2015 became an affirming community. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. Which was a major moment. Um, the New York Times was involved. And it was a major moment because at that point, evangelical churches weren't doing that at all. And um, the idea of a church being able to do that and surviving because of how, especially, I don't know if you know that this is the Bible Belt here where we're in the room we're sitting. Um, and you, you know how things are around here. Um, and so the idea that a church could be on the right side of history and also at the same time be sustainable, that was a gamble. And it was one that even if everything was lost, it was the right gamble to make. And so I'm personally grateful for that legacy of Grace Point. Um, Grace Point, you know, it, it really has always been a laboratory a place where experiments were being done. I mean, let's just be honest. If you grew up in church, you did not go there most weeks thinking you're going to hear something new. <laughs> right? Like, you usually go in, like, know what this is going to be. And if, you, if your pastor, like, very specifically, I could remember, like, if the pastor, you know, picks a text and you know exactly where it's going, because you heard this one before. This is one of the greatest hits, right? Like, um, and, and you never thought you'd hear anything new. And Grace Point has always been a laboratory where the doctrines and dogmas and teachings and perspectives have never just been assumed, but they've been played with and tested. And, and if something is good and, and is worth holding on to, you hold on to it. And if something doesn't lead to human flourishing, you let go of it. And that's what Grace Point has been really since the beginning, this place of going, okay, what, okay this is an opinion. This is, a, this is a belief, a doctrine. Let's test it. Let's see if it's good. Let's see if it leads to flourishing. Let's see if it's transformative. Let's see if it makes the world better. And if it doesn't, bye-bye, because we don't need more bad stuff in the world. And that was happening at Country Road. It was a beautiful campus that served our community well for a time, and then it became time for change. And after leaving that campus on Country Road, Grace Point in 20, I think 2018, 2017, landed at Unity of Nashville. And in the beginning, we met on Saturday nights, and then it moved to Sunday nights. And it was a really hard time for this community. Um, there were roughly, by the end of the time at Unity, and which is around the time uh, I gave my first sermon ever at Grace Point. It would have been in September of 2018. Uh, there were 40 people left in our community. How many of you are here today and you were one of the 40? Yeah, I got more to say about you people. <laughs> now these 40 were stubborn, stubborn people. They, they had this belief that the world needed a church like Grace Point to exist that the world needed this community to survive. And so instead, of, they could have packed it in, they could have given up, they could have said, well, we, we made a great run at it, but it's just too hard. I mean, there's 40 of us now, what are we gonna do? We don't have any money, what, what are we gonna do? And instead of doing that, um, instead of doing that, they realized we need churches that will push against the boundaries and barriers of what calls itself traditional Christianity. My hope is that in the not too distant future, that phrase traditional Christianity doesn't mean what it means today. Yeah, we're working hard. We're going to keep working. And so they decided to, to take a chance. They moved this community to a new space over on Charlotte, beautiful space, and they did not really have the money to do such. The lease was quite over their limit. And yet they decided, we got to shake things up. 
we're going to move to Nashville. We're going to get in this spot, and we're going to see if we can keep this thing going. Sort of what you imagine when the fire's dying and somebody's coming along and fanning the embers, just trying to keep something alive. That's what they were doing. They were tired, had to be frustrated, had to be scared, and they did not quit. And I came uh, after Grace Point had been in that place for a few months. Uh, I started in April of 2019 as lead pastor. It was on April 21st. Uh, it was, like I said, Easter. Um, it was one of those moments when I got up to give the sermon, I was like, why did you pick Easter? What a dumb day. <laughs> like, pick the week after Easter. Like, Easter's already high pressure, and it's your first time. Like, you got to make Jesus come back or something, man, because <laughs> this, this is not going to... Um, and, you know, I, let me just say how, how much... Uh, four years ago, starting here, with... And really starting here because I believed, by the time I started, there were over 100 people who were coming on, on Charlotte. But I really, I wanted to be at Grace Point because of those 40 people. I wanted to be at Grace Point because I thought, if we have those people who will not give up, who believe in this vision so much that they will spend ridiculous hours in meetings and spend their own resources, and they are just, I, if I can get with those 40 stubborn people, we can do something here. And my goodness, um, when I started, we uh, had one service. And by the time we got to the fall, we had two services. And we were planning for Easter. We were planning a third service. We were rocking and rolling. It was crowded. It was exciting. It was fun. And then COVID. And when COVID came, a couple of things happened. One, we lost our, our venue. We lost our space. So we didn't have any place. If we could have met in person, we didn't have a place to do it. We couldn't meet in person. And what we discovered in that time of COVID is, oh, there's the, this whole, because these 40 people thought not just Nashville needs this, like the world needs what Grace Point has to offer. And we found out during COVID, there's a whole big world out there of people who are looking for exactly what we're doing. And very quickly, where's, where's Corey? There he is. Hey, man. Glad to see you. Corey showed up two weeks in, I think, to our online experience. Um, and he's been with us and joined our team. And people like Corey, who were living all over the world, all over the country, all over the place, who were just longing for a place where they didn't have to check their brain at the door. And they didn't have to check their heart at the door. Because for so many of us, to remain in the spaces we were in, it wasn't just not about using our brain. We couldn't use our hearts because we couldn't have empathy or we couldn't be moved at a level that would cause us to change what we believed or to change how we fought or to change who we embraced. And there were so many people in the online community who showed up during COVID. Folks who were looking for a progressive, inclusive community where they could just belong. Now, in that whole time, when it got a little bit safer, our uh, leadership council and some of our volunteers, we started looking for our next home. And y'all, we kissed some frogs. <laughs> we, we drug this poor contractor all over Middle Tennessee and had him give us bids on at least 47,000 different properties of what it would take to make it workable. My favorite, and I was just reminiscing with Sandy about this one. I forget where it was, it was huge. Um, way out of our price range, but it's one of those things you go look at and, you know, you pray the prayer of Jabez or something and maybe you'll get it. Um, if you don't know what that is, you are blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Definitely. But we walk into this place, it's huge. Now, what, what you discover is the basement is covered in mold. Covered in mold. But my favorite feature about the place 
is we come in the basement, we come to this door marked restroom, open the door, and there are two toilets, side by side. <laughs> they tore down the dividing wall of hostility. And there are just these two toilets. You could not fit both legs. I don't know. I wanted to buy the place immediately because I thought if we could just show people this, they'll, they'll be stuck with Grace Point. Who wants to leave a place that has dueling toilets? Um, and, and we looked and looked and looked and looked and there was nothing. And, and there was nothing we could either afford or even if we could afford it, it would cost so much money to get it like up, up to our ability to use it, right? And I think that those of us who were a part of that process got a little discouraged. It was just, we're not going to find a place. And then it was like the vaccine came out and people were, now the world's opening up a bit and we were wanting to launch in-person gatherings again. This would have been April of 21 and just nothing was available. We were, so we started just throwing stuff out there. And I sent an email to the info account at 3rd and Lindsley here in Nashville. And they responded like, yeah, we'd love to have you. And I was like, well, do you, you want to know anything about us? Like, no, you were good. Come on over. And so we went over and we toured the place. And when we went in, I was like, oh, this won't work for us for lots of reasons. Um, it won't work for us because the stage was like 47 feet tall and it had barricades around it because you all are so impetuous. You rush the stage every Sunday and it had to keep you back from rushing the stage apparently. And it was so high and it's a, it's a performance venue, right? So no matter how hard we work to make it feel like this is something we're doing together, it still felt like a performance venue. And the floor was sticky. And the, the bonus was that they had ketchup bottles everywhere. That was because we don't have those here and I think we should get some. Because, because what happens if it's in the middle of a service and you're like, I need my emergency fries and you pull them out because you brought them with you and there's no ketchup. We want to make sure we serve you well as a community. So, um, and the kids space was not great. It was one big room and it was going to be a challenge for how we did kids ministry. But it was also like, we can either do this or we can, we can not bring back the in-person portion of our community. And so we did it. And I am so grateful to Third and Lindsley. Uh, I remember that first Sunday we were in there, it was June, January, June, June? It was June, the first week of June, 2021. And that place was packed and people were rabid. They were so excited to be back together in that room again. But then the COVID surges happened and we had to shut down at times and open back up at times. And then I think for, for lots of us, some of the, the, uh, the cool factor of meeting at a bar and meeting at Third and Lindsley was kind of lost. And for others in our community, coming to a place like that that's a bar was a really tough thing and they couldn't do it. And so we started looking pretty long. We always thought this is a temporary spot. This is just to get us back up and running and we are gonna find a new place very quickly. We did not find a new place very quickly. We, we, we kept looking and we looked and we tried and we were at the point of trying, like, we, okay, we can make that work, but something would fall through. And it really, I, I know uh, it, was, it was frustrating. It was frustrating for our leadership who was, who was looking. It was frustrating for our community who wanted something else. It was frustrating because we wanted to offer something better for our kids, space that was theirs that we could actually do kids ministry in. And like, it's just kind of, if you were back there, it's the backstage of a bar. It's like herding cats. Like everybody's back there together. It's just, the, you know, the wild. And we wanted that. And then finally we got to the point where I remember, the, I remember just sitting back and going, okay, this is not going to happen anytime soon. We're just going to have to make peace with it and do the best we can to care for our community in this place. 
And then one day, right around the time we get to that point of just like throwing our hands up, uh, Emily Isabel, who is our leadership council chair now, Emily says, hey, we should cons- I have an office at this place. We should consider Grace Point getting at least an office. So, so we have a place for meetings, to film stuff, or somebody, you could, somebody could park their car there and have, you know, there's a coffee shop. People could at least get together like that. And so one day in February of this year, we came over here and looked at this little tiny, like behind the building down here, little tiny 1,000 square foot space. And we were thinking like, okay, we should probably, we should probably do it that way. We have some place to go, some place to park, some place to meet. We went up in the coffee shop um, and we sat down and we started talking and dreaming. And then the owner comes over and he's talking to us about what we're doing. And we sort of say, yeah, you know, we, we have a location, but not real thrilled. We'd like to find something else, um, but this will work for now. And he's like, oh, oh, we should talk. And so we started talking. Um, specifically, Steve Weyer started talking. And you know when Steve Weyer starts talking. Uh, and so eventually it turned into him saying, I could let you all use the gallery space on Sunday morning and you could rent the, the office space and you could have kids there. And it was like, well, we have to take them outside and down some stairs. It just wouldn't be a, no, I don't think it'll work. And then suddenly this space came open. And then this other space came open, and then we were wheeling and dealing, and suddenly it was looking like this might happen, that we might actually have something we could call home. And then it almost fell through. <laughs> and then we signed the lease. And that day we signed the lease. I, I remember just sitting back in a chair in my living room, taking a deep breath and going, oh, this changes everything. And I think that's true. I think this space has the potential to be a game changer for our community. And I want to talk to you about why, but first I want to turn this into an award show for a minute and do some thank yous, if that's okay. I first want to begin by thanking our founding pastor, Stan Mitchell. Um, Grace Point wouldn't exist without Stan. And um, yeah, that's a very close And I am so personally grateful for my friendship with Stan. We've been friends for a long time now. Um, and uh, I, have, I have friends who have, succeeded, have followed other founding pastors and churches, and it just went terribly. Um, and so I had a little bit of nerves, like following Stan, like, how's this going to work out? Stan is still involved in our community. He's going to preach a couple times this fall. He's still very, very around, and yet he has been so wonderful to work with. He's been an encourager. <clears throat> His number one concern has been what is good for Grace Point, and he is, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> He has worked to continue helping make that possible. So I'm so grateful for Stan. And I also want to say thanks to those first Grace Point folks, most of whom could not make the journey with us. As we were experimenting in the laboratory, the experiments got too much and they had to step away. And yet Grace Point would not exist without them. I'm I'm going to have to turn this off cough. I'll be right back. And so even though they couldn't make the journey, we wouldn't be here without them. Their service, their commitment, their resources, their their dedication to this community, we would not be here without them. And so I'm personally grateful to them for all they did and for knowing when it was time to not be here anymore. There's a certain gift in knowing like this is going somewhere I can't go, so I'm going to let it go and I'm going to go do my thing. And so I'm grateful for them. I am uh, grateful for those 40-ish, stubbornly hopeful people who kept Grace Point alive during a time when the outcome was not even close to guaranteed. Sandy, y'all didn't know. That's fine. 
Y'all didn't know, did you? No. When, you went to, when you went to Charlotte, you had no idea what was going to happen. And yet you took a massive risk relocating Grace Point to Nashville from Franklin, signed a lease that seemed, I said seemed like a stretch, but that's just a lie. It was just too much. <laughs> because they hoped others would see what they saw, that there was a desperate need for a church like Grace Point to keep existing. There's a desperate need for people to have a place to go that was safe, where they could find belonging and find meaning, where they could have connection to their faith, but not in a way that was traumatic or harmful to them or anyone else. I want to thank those who have joined us in the four years that I've been fortunate to be a pastor of this community. It has been such a gift to see the people who, one of my favorite things is to meet people who've found us for the first time to get their reaction and to realize, oh, you know, the thing I, four years in, can take for granted, just the, my goodness of this community. I'm not getting that choked up. (laughs) So those of you who have moved tables and chairs and ketchup bottles, wiped up sticky stuff, except on the floor, I thought we might need to bring in some maple syrup just to give you a little bit of the, (laughs) the vibe on the floor. Those of you who made that backstage area, which isn't designed for kids' ministry, a place where kids could learn that they are loved and that God is with them, that God is for them, and that God is on their side. To our staff, who in the four years I've been around, have continually been willing to adapt and do what needs to be done for the betterment of our community. Y'all have no idea what this crew, what they do, how flexible they are, and how much they love you. It has been a gift to work with every iteration of this team, and we have a really fantastic team right now. Yeah. I especially want to say thanks to Steve and Emily Wire. I don't know where y'all are. Steve hasn't slept since February. And I hope this week he'll get some rest. <clears throat> this wouldn't have happened without them. Steve worked, 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 wheeled, dealed, did God knows what to make this a reality for our community. And the entire time, really, his drive was, this is going to be great for Grace Point. And he worked tirelessly, um, but dialed me several times in the process, and I just can't say thank you enough to Steve and to Emily. We would not be in this place if it weren't for Steve and Emily. I also want to thank Wes. Um, because if, you, if it weren't for Wes, uh, we wouldn't be, you wouldn't be hearing this right now. Um, he, he did the install, helped us with sound. I want to thank, say thanks to Nate, who's our handyman, who right back there. Uh, <laughs> we worked so hard to, to get everything. You know, when we picked the date to get in here, and Steve was like, we can do it. I was like, okay. And deep down, I'm like, no, we can't. No, we can't. And then they did it, y'all. Uh, they did it, and we're here, and I'm so grateful. To Brad, who owns the space. To Juan, who owns the coffee shop. To Landon, who owns Pizza Place, The Wedge, where we're going to be going, you'll hear about later. Uh, um, for the fantastic hospitality and pizza. We are so grateful. And I want to say thank you to our online community. Um, Yeah. (laughs) 
you, you all have been unbelievably encouraging during this process. Ser- seriously, I don't know if those of you, if you've read on social media or seen comments in the chat on YouTube, these folks in the online community have genuinely been thrilled for our in-person community to get this new space. They have been so excited. And what we want you to know uh, as the online community is that you are not a peripheral concern for us and you're not an afterthought and you're not Grace Point light. You are Grace Point and you matter to us and you are a vital part of our community. And so while we make these improvements for our in-person community, we also wanna do something to make improvements for our online community. I'll have more details about this later. We don't have all the details yet, but I just wanna let you know, we're hiring a new position on our team that is going to be the director of the online community. And this person is going to be solely focused on providing opportunities, care, and focus for the efforts to serve the online community well. So we are bringing a team member on who is going, their job at Grace Point is going to be making sure that what we're doing in person has an online opportunity. And not just like you watching us do it, but like your own opportunity online to have your own experiences. Our hope is that this will transform your experience of Grace Point as well. And so as we think about our in-person community and the excitement and the growth, and we also are thinking about you, the online community. So I think that hit everything and everybody I wanted to say thanks to. Um, And thanks to you all for being here today. You know, there's always that thing um, because sometimes we're a little late arriving crowd, like at about, you know, 10 minutes till I'm like, oh, no one's coming. This is the week. And you all are here. We had a great, great group at nine o'clock as well. And I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful to get to be your pastor. Um, I pastored a church for 14 years in a rural setting in Kentucky and I led that church to become affirming and progressive. But there were still moments when I would get up and give a sermon and I would know when I said something, that's gonna be a conversation. <clears throat> and one of, my, one of the gifts at Grace Point is, y'all may not always agree with me, I don't always agree with me. But what I love is that we are really creating a space that is safe and a place where we can bring our conversations, we can bring our opinions and our perspectives and we can learn from each other and we can grow together. And that to me is just a gift. So thank you. I love you too, Ricky Braddy. Thank you. I'm totally embarrassed. Ricky, I'll give you $5 later. Um, I want to talk about what I hope this means because I I keep saying to people, this is a game changer for our community, but I want you to understand why I think it's a game changer. Um, How how many of you have seen the movie, the original National Lampoon's Vacation? Isn't that, yeah, the family makes the journey from Chicago to Wild World. Isn't that just, who loves the movie? Okay, I've got a little bit of Clark Griswold vibe in me sometimes. One of the things I tell my wife often is, you know, one, one time like during the summer on one of the breaks, we should rent an RV and take our five kids and drive across country. And then we're in the car for 20 minutes and she's like, you want more of this? <laughs> this is what you want to do? Um, but what I love about the, the movie is it, it kind of remi- it reminds me of a really important point. Can you imagine if they released National Lampoon's Vacation and this was the movie? 
The family gets in the station wagon in Chicago and they drive until they need gas and they stop and get gas and no one steals their hubcaps. And they keep going and then they stop for lunch and they have a good lunch and then they get back in the car and they drive you know, eight hours and then they have dinner. And after dinner, they find a hotel and they wake up early the next morning and they go and get gas and then they, how many of you would watch that movie? And then they go to Wally World and it's great and nothing goes wrong. Nobody's watching that movie. I mean, like you, you would sit down and be like, is this an art film? I don't know what's happening. Is this a documentary? Like, why are we watching this family do their vacation thing? That's because the point, the point is always the journey. It is always the point. The point is not the destination. The point is the journey because the journey is what shapes and refines us. The journey is what wounds us and what heals us. The journey is where we find who we are. It's where we find who we're not. Uh, the journey is the transformative process. And if we could just, there are so many times, I just want to go from this to this and just have it like a straight line real quick, let's teleport. The problem with that is like you end up going to this spot and you're the same person you were before and nothing's changed. And the point of all journeys is change. It's transformation, it's becoming. We're all in the process of this journey of becoming and so what I don't want to have happen is for us to, to decide today, like, now we've arrived. This is, we're, we're, we're here, we're home, this is it. Because this, too, is another part of our journey. Just like Stan's house was, just like the school was, just like the campus was, just like Unity, just like Charlotte, just like Third and Lindsley, this place is another stop on the journey. And it's a place where we're going to learn a lot. It's a place where we're going to grow. It's a place where we're going to experience transformation. And so today, we're beginning a new chapter in the life of our community. Uh, and I think it's important to do what we've done, acknowledge where we've come from, acknowledge the experience, and acknowledging the people who made that possible because their lives and their efforts and their energies and all the things that they put into Grace Point matter, and they're sacred, and they're holy, and they benefit us greatly. But this space is a game changer because it provides an opportunity that we haven't had in years and years and years, which is a place to gather when it's not Sunday. Yeah, right? Like, that's, that's the deal. It's a place for us to have classes. I mean, one of the things I've longed for is to be able to offer, offer things for our community to come to, especially in the current climate we find ourselves in. I would love to be able to offer anti-racism training, implicit bias training. I would love to be able to help community groups. There's so many things we want to do. And then the question would always come up, where are we going to do it? And then it's like, okay, we have to find a space that will let us use it for not a lot of money that'll fit this many people. And we just never came up with spaces. I do still have a key to the red bicycle on 51st Avenue from when we used it. And I thought about just going in there and apologizing. But even then it was like, no, that's not, they weren't doing the same things they used to do. And it was really like, we have all these hopes and dreams and we have no place to park our cars and bring people in to experience those things. Classes and conversations, book groups, accidental meetups and meals. How, anybody in here bumped into anybody in here during the week at all? Uh, when, I, when I come in here, I see people, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, you're a Grace Pointer, let's have coffee. And it's just the neatest thing. Neat? What am I like? <laughs> Gee, Wally. Um, it's, just, it's just this amazing experience of getting to know our community outside of uh, a handshake on a Sunday morning and saying, I'm glad you're here. It's a, it's a chance for us to say, hey, on whatever Wednesday at whatever time, there's going to be a bunch of us having coffee. We'd love for you to come. It's a place for those sort of things to happen. A place for us to have trainings, a place for us to have parties. It, it really is what I hope is, is it's moving us from a Sunday-based community 
to a community that has all sorts of opportunity engagement throughout the week, where we stop being faces that pass one another and we start to hear one another's stories, where we put a human being with the name that we know and where we can experience all the beautiful, all the beautiful, all the frustrating, all the joyful, all the maddening things about being in relationship with other human beings. And we have all sorts of things we're dreaming about. We'll probably start ramping some things up in the fall, um, but there, it just gives us so much, so many, y'all, this just gives us space to meet you, to see you, to engage with you, to learn with you, and I'm so, so excited. Um, Often, when you, if you were to go to a random church's website and you were to pull up their vision and mission, it, it often seems like it like comes out of a how-to from a book on capitalism <laughs> and, and not really the mission of Jesus, <laughs> right? Um, and one of my dreams and hopes for Grace Point is that that hasn't been our story and I don't want that to be our story. Now look, of course, we need resources. Every community needs Resources. There's a lot we want to do for our community, and there's a lot we want to be able to do in the community around us and for the online community. That's absolutely true. And we need resources to make that happen, not to mention our rent recently went up. I don't know if you heard. Um, so th- that's absolute truth. We, we need financial resources. But I think our, our goal is to do something different. Our goal is, is not to be a corporation. Our goal is to be a community. And one of the things I say to our staff all the time is, yeah, we have business to take care of, but we are not a business. And we are not going to treat this like a business. And these folks who are part of our community are not our customers. They are our community. They're our people. They are our family. And we are going to organize this thing in such a way that you are not a number, but that you are a person. Because the thing that should be a no-brainer at churches uh, often isn't. People are numbers, and they're a giving amount. And at Grace Point, whoever you are, regardless of how much you can or can't contribute, you are not a number and you are not a giving amount. You are a beautiful gift that we get to participate with and steward in this community. And that's how we're going to approach that moving forward like we have. We as a community are an organism, a living, breathing, image of God-bearing organism. We grow, we change, and we expect that to happen within a community. So I decided I would look up cliches about the idea of home. Uh, sometimes I look up cliches to make sure I'm avoiding them. Like, I'm going to say this. It sounds like a cliche. It's, it is or it isn't. I, I looked up these because I was just interested. Here's a few. There's no place like home. Apparently, if you're wearing the right shoes and you say that while clicking them together, it works. Um, home is where the heart is. Anybody got that hanging on your wall? Uh, next, what, what was the other one? Live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> I love that I just had to say, what was the other one? <laughs> like, of all the possible cliches, what's the other one? Live, laugh, love. Yes, it's live, laugh, love. Um, and, and this one, this one is interesting um, because I, it, it's a little cliche, but I think it's true. A house isn't a home. Right? A house isn't a home. I grew up in uh, a single wide trailer in a holler in Eastern Kentucky. Uh, and when we would go visit my relatives in another part of the world, um, they, they did really well. They had a really big house. And when you would walk in when I was a kid, you would walk into their foyer and, <laughs> yes, mocked them mercilessly behind their backs. Um, you would walk into the foyer 
you would, uh, there would be this room on your right and it was full of furniture that had plastic on it. We were not allowed in the room with the furniture with the plastic on it. That was not sitting furniture. That was looking furniture. And I'm not sure what the purpose was because they had a television. They could watch it. I don't know why you want to watch your couch. But it was like, you're not allowed to go in there. You can't touch it. You can't sit on it. You just have to look at it. And as a kid, like, that was f- completely foreign idea to me. I mean, I used our couch as a jungle gym at home, right? Like, it was home. It was ours. It was, it was a place to relax. It was a place to, to be yourself. It was a place where you didn't have to worry about pretension or putting on. It was a, just a place where you could finally, when you, when you shut the door and you get that perimeter seal, you could just go, <sighs> right? When I, was a kid, when I was a kid growing up, it was a place where finally nobody could get a hold of you anymore. Right? They, they couldn't Facebook you. They couldn't text you. It was just like this nice, safe place to be. Because ultimately, home is not about a structure. This is a great house for us. This house will meet our needs in so many ways. But this house only becomes a home if we make this house our home. And the way that happens is through you. It's through you. The author T.J. Klune said, a home isn't always the house we live in. It's also the people we choose to surround ourselves with. Isn't that what makes it a home? The ability to let your hair down a bit, the ability to relax, the ability to breathe, to not be on. A place where you walk in and your belonging is not on the table because you belong and you have belonged and you will belong. I think that's what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to build a church, honestly. We're not trying to build a mega church. We're not trying to build a business. We're not trying to build a corporation. We, we are trying to get together people who need each other. People who are so longing to belong and have in previous spaces been told they can't or don't. We are longing to create a space that is safe for you to say. One of my favorite things is when somebody messages me and they'll say, hey, um, came to Grace Point for the first time this week. By the way, I'm an atheist, so what about it? (laughs) Cool, I see how you can get there sometimes. Um, You're welcome here. This is your community too. We need your voice. We need your perspective. We need your insight. That this really would be a community and a, a place where you can bring the fullness of your humanity, the parts that are really beautiful and the parts that, are, that you struggle with. And you, will, you can know from the moment you set foot, wherever you are with Grace Point people, wherever that is in the world, that you belong already, that you are safe, and that we, that we take your presence here as a gift to be stewarded well. Because every time somebody tells me, I haven't been to church in a long time and I decided to try Grace Point, the first response I have for them is, my goodness, that is courageous. That is a Herculean feat. Because church is the place for so many of us of our wounding. And the scriptures were used to further those wounds. And when somebody says, I'm going to give one, one last chance, I'm going to give church one last 
chance and you come to Grace Point or you log on to YouTube and you ju- jump in our chat and this is your first this is your first time here but your last chance for church that is a sacred obligation for us that is holy work and what i can promise you is that as long as you are engaging with Grace Point you will never be told that you are inherently bad you will never be told that you don't belong you'll never be told that you don't measure up. At Grace Point, you will be continually reminded that you entered this world inherently united with God and every breath you take, and uh, why am I quoting the police again? Every, every, every bit of oxygen you inhale and then exhale has been done in the presence and embrace of the God who made you and loves you. And that God loves you and made you Whether you acknowledge that God, believe in that God, have the right doctrine about that God, you are a gift of the divine to the world. Amen. Yeah. And so we take that seriously. And when you invite people to come here, my goodness, your your credibility is on the line. And... It stuns me that you keep inviting people to come here. I hope that means that you found this to be exactly what we advertise it as. Because y'all ever, I don't know if you've heard this, churches often false advertise. They say everybody's welcome. And what they mean is your money's welcome. We'll count you as a number, but your belonging is off the table. We want to be really clear. When we say you're welcome here, we mean you are affirmed. You are celebrated and you belong and you've always belong and shame on anybody who ever told you that otherwise. I hope this is a space that allows us to do what Rep. Lewis called good trouble. Allows us to strategize and plan and learn and then go out into the world and work to bring the justice that God so longs for on earth as it is in heaven. So let's, let's make no mistake. This place is not Grace Point. This place is our house. I'm so glad we have a house. If I told you that I'm glad we have a house, <laughs> good Lord, I'm glad we have a house. But this is not Grace Point. You are Grace Point. You are Grace Point. You are this community. You will make this home. The stories and the relationships and the journey that happens in this space is what will make this space home for us. And I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you are joining us for this journey of laughing and crying together, of learning and letting go, of healing and hoping, of love and of the belonging that is ours by birthright. Nobody's doing anybody any favors here. It is yours by birthright because you are a beautifully made child of God. So Grace Point, you want to turn this place, this house into home? Let's, let's do it. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs>